You are listening to the Father's House podcast located in Owensboro, Kentucky. For more information, visit thefathershouseky.com. Good morning. Good morning. How many of you know that today is actually Pentecost Sunday? How many of you know? All the people who are raised Pentecostal do, for sure. Amen. <laughs> and all the old Baptists in this room are like, oh, Lord. Oh, what are they going to do today? What is going to happen today in this church? Oh, something. I, I would hope that something biblical is going to happen. Amen. This morning, um, I, I, my, my, my hope and my prayer is to do a few things. Uh, first off, real quick before I forget, if you're a first-time guest, fill out a connection card. We'd love to connect with you. Uh, also, if you haven't signed up for the journey yet and you're, you've been here for a long time, you, maybe you haven't started serving and, or joined the church yet, that is your next step. Sometimes people come to me like, hey, Pastor, if you need some help around church, you want me to help in the kids' ministry, just let me know. That's just not how we do things. You've got to go through the journey process or membership process. You learn about who we are, learn about your gifts, and also to make a decision, uh, some lifestyle commitments as well. How many know that's important? I mean, you know, it's important that we don't just allow people just to serve in all different areas of the church. They don't even believe the Bible is true, right? Uh, that should be probably pretty important for us, amen? Um, so it is very important for us. So if you're new, sign up for the journey. It's two classes. You'll have a good time. Uh, it'll be really good. How many of you have been through it before? Raise your hand. You absolutely loved it, didn't you? It was the best thing you've ever done in your entire life. Hey, we feed you too. I mean, there's child care. There's really like no reason why you couldn't come, to be honest. So anyways, um, uh, so yeah, sign up for those things. All right, let's get into this this morning. So I believe uh, the Lord, I have a lot of scripture today. I have a lot of teaching I'm going to do today uh, because I really feel like God wants to bring home uh, some solid teaching this morning on what Pentecost really is and what maybe it isn't. I'll probably be talking about... Uh, the Holy Spirit and the move of the Holy Spirit, probably, I don't know, who knows, we'll see what happens. Maybe the next few weeks, maybe the next month, I'm not really sure. Um, but I really feel like this is very important. Uh, it's extremely important, right? So today um, is the day we celebrate Pentecost. When some of you have read the book of Acts, chapter 2, is when the Holy Spirit was poured out. This is, uh, hopefully you've read the book of Acts. If you're new to reading the Bible, then you should read one of the Gospels, preferably Luke, because he wrote Acts as well, read Luke and also read Acts. If you're new to reading the Bible, start there. Read the Gospel and read the book of Acts, and you'll get a good understanding of what really happened, okay? So, how many of you this morning want all that God has for you? That's a pretty easy question, right? I don't believe anyone in this room would be like, mm, man, no thanks. But I think the reality is some of us, if we'd be real honest, that's kind of how we treat Pentecost, that's kind of how we treat encountering the Holy Spirit. We're like, oh, I don't know about all that. I got, my, I got the blood. I got the benefits of my, I got salvation. I'm on my way to heaven. Mm, I don't know about the whole Pentecostal thing. I'm here to tell you this morning that you, you shouldn't and you can't skip over Pentecost. That you shouldn't skip over Pentecost. That so many churches for some reason are completely okay with Good Friday and Easter, but we're skipping over Pentecost. And you got to see, and hopefully I'll paint a picture today, that this is a biblical thing. How many of you know that the day of Pentecost and speaking in tongues and all of this stuff is not a Pentecostal thing? It's not an Assemblies of God thing. It's not a Church of God, a prophecy thing. It's a Bible thing. 
So you're not just, it's not just something we believe over here at the Father's house. It's something that the Bible teaches that for some reason people have treated the Holy Spirit like the weird uncle that you have to explain away when he comes around. Some of you are like, man, I know that guy. You might be that guy. If you don't know who it is, it's probably you. So I want to receive. How many of you want to receive all that he has? If there's some, think about that for a moment. If there's something that Jesus has for you that is a benefit of what he paid for, wouldn't you want that? Why would you say, man, I'm good? Mm, no thanks. I mean, it's a really silly way to thought. When I gave up my life to follow Jesus, I didn't think, man, I just want some of what Jesus has for me. I just want some of his gifts. And, and you know what? He's got those other five gifts in the back of his truck, and he can just leave them in there. I don't need those. What a silly thought. How many of you didn't, and to this day, how many of you don't like to open your birthday presents? How many of you would say, no, no thanks, just keep that thing closed? You know what I mean? I don't really need that. If you're like me, you're kind of hard to shop for, I just buy myself things, right? Anybody else out there that's kind of like, I just buy myself things whenever I want it really throughout the year. I don't really need someone to buy it for me. You know, <laughs> right, Alex, I can see your wife's pointing to you. She's telling on you right now. Um, but we want all that God has for us. And on the day of Pentecost, I, I hope that today that you will see that God has something more for you than, than just salvation. He has a Pentecostal experience that can continue to happen today. And let me say to the Pentecostal people in the room, he, that experience wasn't one time at camp 40 years ago. That experience was supposed to be a daily feeling, a refilling, and an overfilling, and an overflowing. It's not something that happened at Crestwood a long time ago when they get it. And we got to get away from this idea, too. We'll probably talk about that more in the next few weeks. So anyways, let's read some scripture. How many of y'all believe the Bible's true? Amen? Come on. How many of you believe the Bible's true? How many of you know that if you're in here and you're kind of like, man, I'm kind of struggling, that's okay. But if you say that you are a, a Christian, you are born again, that you, you must believe that his word is true. At this church, it is infallible. It is inerrant. We believe God's word is true. It's tested and proven. Amen? So Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, I'm going to explain some things to some people today. I'm like, oh, I already know this. Let's say this out loud. For some of you, maybe you are checking out in your brain thinking, oh, I've heard a million service sermons about Pentecost. Oh, just, here's just another one. Can you say this out loud? Say, but what else could I know? How many of you know that God's word is living and active? That we can read this scripture today and read it next week and read it three weeks from now, and God will continue to speak through his word because it is alive. Amen. So, Acts chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost, somebody say Pentecost, had fully come. Looky there, it's in the Bible, right there, right? At the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. I'm not going to touch on that too much today, but that's very important. Let me just say it for a brief moment. You want to see a move of God, you got to be all in one accord. You got to be in unity. Man, I'm just going to say it because I, I just got to pastor some people right now. You know, how you, you know how you'd be in unity right now with what God's doing in this house? I'm just going to, I'm not saying this mean, but if you're not breaking that cup after you drink the blood, you can kind of tell that maybe you're not wanting to come along with what God's wanting to do. I know it's quiet in here. I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on. I love you. I promise. Well, why are we doing that? It's because we felt like God said to do it. You know what I mean? I mean, Bob Sorge's here on Saturday night. He said, I feel like we're supposed to take our shoes off and come down here to the altar. I don't know. I took my shoes off, came down here. Another guy took his shoes off, came down here, got filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, started laughing in the Holy Spirit. Three or four months ago, he, had nothing, he wanted nothing to do with it. 
But if God's leading something in the room, I'm not trying to reason my way and be critical my way out of it. I want to come in unity with what God's doing in the room. I want to come in, I want to come under what God's doing in the room. And I want to be a part of the blessing that comes from it. All right. I love you. I promise. Come on, come along with us with what God's doing, amen? Come on, somebody. Oh, somebody just broke that cup, I think. Let's go. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on. I love it. You can still come. Come on. You can still come. You can be mad at me all week, and you can still come next week. All right? Golly. Man, don't sit in opposition of what God's trying to do, church. Don't sit in opposition. Get in the boat. Come alongside. God is giving vision, you know? All right? And he's not worried about taking votes for it. Could you imagine, I'm going to say this real quickly, could you imagine that they voted when they came out across the Red Sea? (laughs) Wasn't it good that God gave a man vision and leadership to Moses when they were building a golden calf? You imagine they would have took a vote right then, and you, man, I, I better keep going this morning. Woo! That's another day. That's another day. I love, I love the Bible, though, guys. It's so good. All right, so here you go. Acts chapter 2, verse 2. And suddenly, somebody say suddenly. There came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind. Isn't it cool when you read the Bible and it changes some stuff you thought your whole life? Because we, we always interpret a scripture, a mighty rushing wind came through. That's not what it says. It says a sound came like a mighty rushing wind. As of rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. There they, or excuse me, then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one set upon each of them. Say each of them. And they were all, say all, filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. How many of you believe the Bible's true still? I'm here to tell you this morning, you cannot skip over Pentecost. Do not skip over Pentecost. Do not just come to Palm Sunday and Good Friday and Easter and Easter Sunday and forget about the 50 days that's coming when Pentecost sounds. So some of you might ask, we should probably do something spiritual. I should probably pray. Like, before I keep going into this, let's just pray. Jesus, open our hearts to you. God, I have no agenda this morning pull anybody's leg or to twist anything. Father, I just pray that you speak through me and God, you would have your people to grow in their knowledge of your word, the knowledge of your will, that you would give them wisdom and revelation this morning to discern that your word is true, Father, and that there is more for them than maybe they have experienced. Holy Spirit, come and have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, the title of my message, if you were to title it this morning, I don't usually do that, would be Don't Skip Over Pentecost. Can you post that? Hopefully we have that slide today. Come on, somebody. Hopefully we do. Maybe we don't. Boom! I made this myself. Just kidding. It looks like I did. Um, but look here. We got Good Friday, Easter. And what do we do? What, what do we do? And let's say, what do most churches do? Let's not get on our high horse, though, and be self-righteous. Right? But what do most churches do too? Man, the Good Friday is amazing. We got Good Friday worship services. Man, we love coming together. You know what? Even on Palm Sunday, we'll get the palm leaves out and we'll we'll fan in the church on Sunday morning. Oh, we love Easter. We we love the resurrection. We'll even do plays about it. But you know what? Then we'll just skip over Pentecost. 
We'll just, we'll treat that Pentecost, that, that weird part of the Bible. And I'm here to tell you that the Holy Spirit is not the weird part of God. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit. How many of you believe in this room of a trinity? That there is God the Father? Check this out. God the Son? Check this part out. Watch this. God the Holy Spirit. It's God the Holy Spirit. We cannot say, man, I, I, I'm in love with Jesus. Man, I, I love the Father, but the Holy Spirit, uh, I don't know about all that. What do you mean? I hear churches and people say it all the time. They say, man, I, I believe, I mean, the book of Acts, I, I can't really get away from that scripture. I, tongues are real. I know it's in the first Corinthians. I know Paul said he spoke in tongues. I believe that happened. But, you know, I'm just a little more cautious with the Holy Spirit at our church. I'm just a little, we, we don't really going to go towards that stuff. I'm here to tell you that you aren't cautious with Jesus. Then why are you being cautious with the Holy Spirit? It's easy for us to experience and invite Jesus, but then we say, oh, man, we're, well, I'm cautious about the Holy Spirit. No, I just think that you can't control the Holy Spirit, so religion doesn't know what to do with it. We can't make sure. I have so many people that tell me, well, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know either, but the reality is if it gets out of hand or gets weird, we'll shut it down. And it does. Because people can get in the Holy Spirit that they think, and then all of a sudden that orphan spirit comes, and they, they want to be seen, or they, they think they have to be, make a show in the service. That, that is not the goal. It's for you to encounter him with fire, and he changes you from the inside out. So let's not skip over Pentecost. Maybe you're in this room today, and you've even been in this church for a long time, and you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You've never received the gift of tongues. I'm here to tell you today, don't be stagnant and treat the Holy Spirit like the weird person. Invite God into your, into your life. You cannot, man, I just love Jesus, man, and not love the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. It is the Spirit of God. It is the third person in the Trinity, and I believe he wants to be honored and acknowledged and reintroduced this morning. Amen? And not just here at the Charismatic Church. I hope people are watching online. I hope you share this with some of your people who just want to put the Holy Spirit on the side and let them know that this is in the Bible, and he deserves glory, and he deserves reverence. Amen? So, I love Pastor Morris Robert Morris talks about, so for some of you thinking, well, what is Pentecostal? Some of you might think it's long hair, it's skirts, it's, uh, I don't even know. If you don't speak in tongues, you ain't going to heaven. Let me give you the, the big thing of what the word Pentecost means. You ready? It means 50. It is that simple. It's the Greek word. It is the number 50. How many of you knew, didn't know that until right now? Raise your hands. Look at that. We're in a charismatic church. Y'all just thought Pentecostal meant the flags and the tongue talking and the interpretation. The word literally means 50. So let's break this down. So if you go back to the Old Testament you will discover that Pentecost was one of the Jewish feasts. How many of you remember there was feast in the Old Testament, the Jewish people, right? Only they didn't call it Pentecost, that's the Greek word. The Jews called it the Feast of Harvest or the Feast of Weeks. It's mentioned five places. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. It's mentioned five places in the first five books of the Bible. Exodus 23, Exodus 24, Leviticus 16, Numbers 28, and Deuteronomy 16. So, Pentecost was the celebration of the beginning of the early weeks of harvest. Somebody say harvest. And so the reality is this. You know what the word feast actually translates to in the Old Testament in Hebrew? It translates to the word for appointed time. Isn't that kind of cool? It's kind of like we have our dinner bill. It's, it's, it's dinner time. 
Does that make sense? So these feasts were things where God would specifically say, you have to do this thing on this day, do this thing on this day, and do this thing on this day. Does that make sense? So follow me for a moment. I'm going to give you a lot of information. But I feel good because there was probably 50 people in here who didn't even know it meant 50. It's not a shame thing. If you didn't know, I'm glad, that I, I'm, glad I'm talking about this this morning. You know? So there was Passover. Okay, here we go. There were several festivals, celebrations, or observances that took place before Pentecost. So there was Passover. I mean, have you heard of Passover? Remember? In the Old Testament, there was the unleavened bread, and there was the Feast of First Fruits. And then, at the Feast of First Fruits, the celebration of the beginning of the barley harvest, so this is how you figured out when Pentecost came. So follow me. You figured out when Pentecost came was when the first day of the Feast of First Fruits would come, you counted 50 days from that day. You follow me? So it was that simple. Pentecost meant 50. That's why they called it the Feast of Weeks. Because it's literally just counting the days down to get to this day was a celebration of the harvest, okay? So you count off 50 days, the 50th day would be the day of Pentecost. So first fruits is the beginning of the barley harvest, and Pentecost was the celebration and the beginning of the wheat harvest. Hallelujah. How many of you know that Pentecost is still supposed to be a celebration to this day? Not, listen to him. Man, can't, can't we just get into a place at this church at least where we don't just celebrate Easter, we don't just celebrate Good Friday, but we celebrate Pentecost, the 50th day. All right, so here we go. So in a nutshell, let me explain some really cool things about these feasts. Man, if, if you could get a hold, I like listening to Jonathan Kahn. Remember ever heard of him? Yeah. I mean, he's got some kind of crazy stuff, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's true, maybe it's not about the end times. But I can tell you this, he has a deep knowledge of the Hebrew language. So the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, right? So, man, I, read, I love reading some of his devotionals because the way he ties these Old Testament things that happened that we learned as a kid with the New Testament and the New Covenant. I'm like, this is crazy. This is amazing. And so here we go. So in these feasts that I just named, there are some, um, they have some prophetic uh, picture. In a sense, they, they are promises and a, a painting a picture for what God was going to do when Christ came. All right, you follow me? So first you have Passover. Remember Passover was when, uh, in, in Egypt, when they had, if God was going to come through the angel of death, kill the firstborn of the family, that's a bad part of the story, but he said, if you would take a lamb and you would rub the, the lamb's blood over your house, the doorposts of your house, remember we learned this as kids, right? Then that, that angel of death would come and it would pass over your house, amen? And so they would celebrate for many years after this, they would celebrate this Passover feast was to remind them when God gave them that promise and that angel of death passed over their house, amen? So then they would go, also the Passover lamb, it pointed to the Messiah as our Passover lamb. Remember John the Baptist, what did he say when he first saw Christ? He said, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He was saying here with the Passover feast was pointing to the actual lamb of God himself that he was sending to be sacrificed for our sins. So here's Jesus coming to basically fulfill that feast and become our Passover lamb. His blood would be shed for our sins. Jesus was crucified during that time of Passover was observed. You know, the last supper was the supper for Passover. 
It was literally, if you read the scriptures right before that in Luke 22, it says that he told them, hey, you're going to go to this guy's house. He's going to prepare a room for us upstairs, and we're going to have the Passover meal there. And that's where we have the Last Supper was the Passover meal. How many of you knew that? Isn't that cool? Listen, I'm going to give you a big secret to learning things about the Bible, and I'm not being rude. Read it. (laughs) I hate reading. Well, grow up. I... I used to pay kids in middle school to take AR tests for me because I hated reading too. But I'll tell you what, I love Jesus. And so I read the Bible. Because Jesus is the Jesus is the word become flesh, right? So the word is Jesus in written form. Amen. I stole that from somebody. I don't remember who. All right, so as the first Passover marked the Hebrews' release, so, it, so the first Passover, just follow me for a little bit. I know I'm teaching quite a bit today, but I think this stuff is very important. The first Passover marked the release from Egyptian slavery, right? So the death of Christ marks our release from our slavery of sin. Amen? That's why that is so important. He came to be our Passover lamb, so we would no longer be slaves to sin, as Paul would say in Romans 5, but we would be slaves to righteousness. This is good news. So cool. Number two, unleavened bread. I didn't know this till last night, to be honest with you. It pointed to the Messiah's sinless life. So there was that Passover of unleavened bread that happened that pointed to him. It was a prophetic picture that Jesus had no leaven, which would mean that he was going to be sinless and perfect. Does that make sense? So Jesus also fulfilled that Passover feast during his sinless life. Are you following me this morning? So, Making him the perfect sacrifice for our sins, Jesus' body was in the grave during the first days of that feast. Isn't that amazing? So if you knew Hebrew culture and you knew what was really going on, and if you knew the Bible, you would be amazed to see what God was doing right in front of you. It would be incredible to you. The third feast was the first fruits. This pointed to the Messiah's resurrection as the first fruits of the righteous one. So for an example, uh, when Jesus was resurrected in 1 Corinthians 15, 20, it says that Jesus was the first fruit of the dead. How many of you know that scripture? Isn't that cool? He was the first fruit of the dead. But what does that mean? He was the first one to be the resurrected. He was, and then it goes on to say he was the firstborn of many brethren. Who's that talking about? You. He was the first fruits of many brethren. He was the first one to come. So here he is fulfilling the Passover. He's becoming the lamb that was slain. And he's, he's fulfilling the unleavened bread. He's living a sinless, perfect life. And then he's fulfilling the first fruits by raising himself from the dead. Some people say, oh, he raised himself from the dead? That's what he said. He said, oh, what did he say? He said, no one takes my life from me, but I have authority to, ra- to lay it down and raise it up. Amen. So we love Passover. We love that he took our sin away. We love, we love, how many of you would say, if you would think that's probably pretty important that he lived a sinless life? How many of you know if he didn't live a sinless life, then there is no salvation? It's over with. How many of you know that Paul said if he didn't resurrect from the dead, that there is no salvation, there is no, it's all in vain as well. But I'm here to tell you that there was something else coming and there was something more and it wasn't over yet. And I think we get confused. I love asking God hard questions when I get in the Bible. And we say, remember when Jesus on the cross, he said he spoke out. He got, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachini. And he said what? It is finished. 
And then have you ever thought, if you're like me, but it wasn't finished yet? (laughs) What was he actually saying? It is finished, and then he died, but he hasn't resurrected yet. So it wasn't technically finished in a sense. What was finished? The sacrifice was finished. The Passover was finished. The unleavened bread was finished. The first fruits was not finished yet until he rose. And the day of Pentecost wasn't finished yet until 50 days after. Isn't that amazing? And so, how many of you are following me? Awesome. Praise Jesus. Number four was the weeks of Pentecost. This feast of Pentecost, this appointed time. It occurred 50 days after the beginning of the Feast of Unleavened Bread and pointed to this. Check this out. It pointed to the great harvest of souls and the gift of the Holy Spirit for both Jew and Gentile would be brought into the kingdom of God during the church age. This is what we're missing in the church and you might be missing in your life. You love that he took your sin away. You love that he was sinless. You love that he rose, but you don't like that part. It makes you feel weird that now he wants to empower you with the spirit from on high and use you to prepare the gospel. It's not over yet. It wasn't everything. He wasn't just like, oh, I'll take your sin away and you can go home and start a Bible study and do devotional. No, he said, the things I've done, you're going to do greater things. And he was saying, and that's going to happen when you experience what they experienced on the day of Pentecost. Man, that's so good. How many of you want what Jesus has for you? Come on. The church was actually established on that day when God poured out his spirit. And Peter, who went from denying Jesus, went to boldly proclaiming the gospel and saying, the one who you crucified, this is he. This is what the prophet talked about in Acts chapter 2. He's saying, listen, this isn't a new thing. I've been talking about pouring out my spirit since the old covenant. This isn't a charismatic thing. This isn't a Pentecostal thing. It's not an Assemblies of God thing. This has been a part of God's plans and feasts from the beginning. Man, isn't that amazing? This gets me fired up. I love it. I love that I can experience the power of the Holy Spirit, and I don't just have to read about how they experienced it. Come on, somebody. I can look at the book of Acts and not just say, oh, that was cool. Look at what God did. I can look at the book of Acts and the life of Jesus and say, look what God can do with me. You see what I'm saying? Why would Jesus say the things I've done you do greater things? If Come on, somebody. Why would he say that? And I think it's because we get, we're missing this. It's because we're skipping over Pentecost. We're treating the Holy Spirit like a weirdo that we don't want around instead of treating him like God himself and being reverenced and invited in his holiness. You know, I, I'm going to tell you right now, that's one thing I can want to teach my kids is how to, how to live and be guided by the Holy Spirit. Jesus even said himself to his disciples, he said, it's better that I would leave, that the Holy Spirit would come. You know why? Because Jesus wasn't available to everyone all the time. But the Holy Spirit is Jesus unlimited for all of us. Isn't that amazing? You can have all, you can have more of him. I can have more of him. You can have more of him. He can touch you over here. He can feel you over here. He can feel you at your house. He can move in other cities. He can move across the state. I'm excited that the Holy Spirit is everywhere. He is God. And since he's God, that makes him omnipresent. It makes him omniscient. It makes him all powerful. It makes him all of those things that we believe God to be. So is the Spirit of God. 
Hallelujah. Man. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching better than y'all right, man. <laughs> That's just a joke. I got it from Pastor Chris. A bunch of my church jokes were from Pastor Chris. All right. So come on, guys. Don't skip over Pentecost. Right? Pentecost was a part of what Jesus paid for, guys. It was a part of it. It was a benefit of why he came. It was not to me, it's not meant to be overlooked. It's not meant to be put on a shelf. It's not meant to be put on a corner and brought out once a year. It's meant to be invited into our lives every second of our lives. Let me give you the best parenting advice you could ever have. Holy Spirit, come. Man, this isn't working. I was having, my, my little daughter was having a tantrum the other day. And, and she just, just threw a jacket on the ground. And I thought, oh, Lord. And she's getting to that age where she's learning that, like, what's up? I'm two years old. You know? What are you going to do? Dad? <laughs> what's going to happen? Dad, you're a pastor. You're a sweetheart. You don't yell at us. You're not scary, Dad, at all. She threw a jacket on the ground. I said, I said can you pick that up? Put your... No, and then she's doing this thing now. I don't know where she got it, probably from hell. And she's like, <laughs> she, she's just stomping her. No! I'm like, what the heck? Where's... I'm like, I'm looking at her older sister, like, what is going on here? What are y'all doing? What y'all teaches her back there? And, and I thought, uh oh. I said, okay, I saw this opportunity. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to exert my dominance. She's going to learn obedience right now. Mm, I'm going to get my little spoon out, spank her on the hand. Okay, no, pick it up, please. Pick it up, please. I got a little spoon. Pick it up. No! Pick it up. And then I felt, because I'm not going to go to a place where I hurt her so bad that she listens. Because that's not wisdom. Right? That just brings fear. But I was confused, to be honest with you. Because I was like, I don't want to hit her too hard. But she ain't listening. I think she's just like, fine, bring it on. Do it again. Do it again. Do it. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. Maddie came out of the room, praise God for her spouse. And in that moment, I realized, man, I have not invited the Holy Spirit into this at all. I've just been going through what I think is a good idea, and I'm about to teach her. She's got, she's got to learn. Well, she's got to learn. You can, reason all, you can reason your way right out of counsel from the Holy Spirit. I'm preaching to myself, and it hit me. A conviction hit me. I thought, man, God, I haven't invited you into this. And then the Lord started telling me with mercy or days, with the length. Mike, in those moments, pick them up, love on them, get their attention. Maddie came in. She loved on her. She held her. She finally got up, picked her jacket up, and then what do we do? We celebrate. Come on. Yeah, good job, Elena. What am I trying to say? You need the Holy Spirit. You need this encounter. You need to learn how to listen to, how to hear from, how to flow with the Holy Spirit in every avenue of your life. It's not over at the resurrection. Amen? So listen to what I'm not saying. I'm not saying you're going to hell. I'm not saying that you're not going to go to heaven. But I am saying that you will not fulfill the fullness of what God has for you on the earth. If you could say honestly, I want it if it's from God, then you cannot say I don't want Pentecostal experience. Come on. And I'm going to show you what Jesus said about it, okay? So you can believe me more. So let's not skip over things. How mad would y'all be if we skipped over Easter Sunday? My goodness. I mean, think about that. For This year, we ain't celebrating the resurrection. Half of y'all probably leave the church or more, probably. You see what I'm saying? 
What if we did? We don't even talk about Good Friday. We don't post nothing on Facebook. What if we didn't do that? Why would we skip over Pentecost then? I'm really just trying to ask some questions to some people in this room. Maybe you struggle with thinking, oh, I don't really need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I don't really need that. I would say that if you want what Jesus has, you need it, amen? If you want to be a successful, spirit-filled parent, you want your kids to be mighty people in the Lord, you want to have an awesome marriage, you need the Holy Ghost. You need the Spirit of God. You need that Spirit. Jesus said it's better that he would go, that the Spirit would come. He even said you need this, amen? So don't, don't put them on the shelf. Here we go. And for, okay, here we go. The Holy Spirit is God. Don't be, don't be cautious. Well, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to preach on a couple weeks. Something Bill Johnson said that really wrecked me to my core. He said, you can't have the fire of God and keep your dignity. I was like, dang, man. And that hit me hard. I was like, oh, man. Okay, that's another sermon for another day. The Holy Spirit outpouring is something that makes you, listen to me, guys. When you start to embrace the experience of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, it will, it will make you get out, of religion, get out of religion. And it will make you step into encounter. It will make you step into relationship. When you start to say, I'm inviting your spirit, Holy Spirit, come. I want all that you have as well. I don't just want what Jesus had or what the Father has to give here at the Father's house. I want what the Holy Spirit has to give. Amen? So, these things were very important to Jesus. Man, it's 1202, 1203. We're doing so good right now. We got so much time. I get a cheat meal today. I've been on this. I've been on this fitness journey. If you haven't noticed, I hate you. And and uh, just kidding. Some of y'all, when I say stuff like that, they're like, "Oh my gosh!" You can smile. Just do yourself a favor and just smile real quickly. You need to smile. It's the ones that aren't. Some of you are. You need to smile. Jesus is good. If you struggle with that. If you struggle with him being smiling in church, then just get free this morning. Just get free. Don't get offended. Get free instead. Amen? Amen. See, some people, when Jesus said things, they either got offended or they got free, right? All right. Pentecost is very important to Jesus, right? Look at Luke 24, verse 49. Let me show it to you. Behold. He's basically like, in a sense, could you imagine? Behold means like, hey, listen, <laughs> pay attention. I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city, wait in the city of Jerusalem until, somebody say until, you are endured, I like what another version says, clothed with power from on high. This was so important to Jesus that he told the the apostles, before you go out and try to do the ministry or do anything, go and wait until you receive this promise of Pentecost. Go and wait. And he was saying, listen, behold, the promise of the Father is coming, and you are going to be clothed with power. How many of you know that probably a lot of what you might be missing is being clothed with power from on high? And you're wondering why you can't ever conquer sin. You're wondering why you keep going back and forth in your life. You're wondering why, what is going on. Man, I'm going to church. I, I saved. I got baptized. It's because there's still something else that happens. Don't skip over Pentecost. Don't skip over that encounter that comes. God wants to empower you to walk in the fullness of what he has for you, amen? He wants to give you this right here. Go and wait before you try to go out. Wait till you're clothed with power from on high. Amen? 
This is what Jesus was talking about. He was literally, this is what we read in the beginning of the service in Acts chapter 2. That when that, the Bible says, boom, on the day of Pentecost had fully come. Like a sound, like a mighty rushing wind came. This is what he was saying beforehand. Go and wait for that experience to happen. Amen? And then you see, what happens? You see Peter receive boldness right there. You see him, the one who denies him receives boldness. Let me say it like this. God doesn't care whether you're introverted or extroverted. He will give you boldness for the gospel. Well, I'm shy. You just need power. It doesn't mean he's going to change your personality. He's saying he's going to give you authority, that you're actually going to not just wait around to get to heaven. You're going to get the power from on high, and you're going to continue the mission of Jesus. This is the gospel. This is the continuation. It's not meant to just stop when you get saved and get baptized. That's a a dangerous place to live, to be honest. Seek after this power. Run after this power. Run after encounters with him. Run after him. Get in the Bible and watch how he will speak to you. The Holy Ghost will speak to you in the Holy Scriptures. He wrote it. I love it. There's a, there's a meme that shows it's like, man, God, speak to me, speak to me. And it's like a guy with a hand handing the Bible outside of heaven. Man, I don't hear anything from God. Open the word. Open the communication book and receive from his word. Amen? So... This needs to be our heart's desire, church. If you're putting Pentecost off, you're putting the baptism of the Holy Spirit off, you're putting the gifts of the Holy Spirit off, why would you do that when Jesus clearly said, go wait, you're going to receive this. This is from the Old Testament to the New. This is what he came for. It's part of everything he was doing. Amen? Come on now. <laughs> so all throughout the scripture, and I'm just going to end with this over the next five minutes. <laughs> Every pastor's famous last words, right? How many are hungry right now? For Jesus, not for moonlight. (laughs) Come on. I'm hungry too. I'm on a 16-hour fast right now, so I get it. Here we go. Not for spiritual purposes. not trying to brag or anything. Okay, hold on. So all throughout the Bible, we have these promises that God made to his people, right? I'm going to bring some things up that you probably heard. Stay with me and we'll be done in just a few minutes. Overall, Pastor Mike, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say don't skip over Pentecost. Don't skip over the Holy Spirit. Let me give you some. If you're like, man, I want to know more about the Holy Spirit, you're, you're in luck. It's the first day the bookstore's open. We got a book out there called The God I Never Knew. Also, there's Holy Spirit cards at our welcome desk. There's a little QR code on the back. It takes you to a YouTube series about the Holy Spirit. Go do it. If you're hungry... Start to learn about it, amen? We are seeing people go and watch these teachings, read the book, and get filled with the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues in our service, and no one's touching them. We're not having Pentecost Sunday. We're not laying hands on them. We're not doing any of that. They're just receiving the Holy Spirit. Isn't that amazing? We're seeing it happen on a regular basis when people are receiving the Holy Spirit. After what? After they start going after it. Start going after it, amen? Come on, somebody. So God promises to Mary, right, in the book of Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, what did he say to her? Or he said to the, to the enemy, basically, but he gave her a promise. He gave all of us a promise. In Genesis three fifteen. he says, I will cause hostility between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He, being Jesus, will strike your head, and you will strike his heel. But this was a promise. Hey, yes, the devil came in in the fall, 
And yes, he got in, and now there's the, the sin, uh, the fall of man. We're all sinful. We all need a Savior. But Jesus was, God was saying from back then, here's a promise for you, though. Jesus is going to come. He's going to crush Satan. Amen? How many of you received that promise? Amen. Right? Amen. Openly. To Noah in Genesis chapter 9. This one's really important for this time of month. God tells Noah, I'm going to make a solemn promise to you and to everyone who will live after you. This includes the birds and the animals that came out of the boat. I promise every living creature that the earth and those living on it will never again be destroyed by a flood. This is a promise. That's where we get the rainbow. And he says it here. The rainbow that I have put in the sky will be my sign to you and to every living creature on the earth. It will remind you that I will keep this promise forever. When I send clouds over the earth and a rainbow appears in the sky, I will remember the promise to you and to all the other living creatures. Never again will I let floodwaters destroy all of life. When I see the rainbow in the sky, I will always remember the promise. Somebody say promise. That I made to every creature the rainbow. Let me say this real loud. Will be a sign for solemn promise, not for the horrible sin that we're making it for today. The rainbow belongs to God. It's in the book of Genesis. It's his, and it's a promise. Now, don't shout yes right now and put the promise of the Holy Spirit on the shelf. Woo! Oh, I was like, oh. You see what I'm saying? It's for too long the church wants to shout against things that we're not for instead of embracing and shouting for the things that we are for. Maybe if we get filled with the Holy Spirit and power, we'll be a bold witness and people will get saved. Instead of ranting on Facebook, right? I'm thankful for the promise God made to Noah, amen, that he's not going to flood the earth again. Isn't that a good promise to receive? Ooh, it's quiet in here. To Abraham, Genesis 22, 17 and 18. God told Abraham, I will surely bless you and I will multiply your descendants like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashores. Your descendants will possess the gates of their enemies. And through your offspring, all nations of the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. He's saying your descendants will be as many as the stars in the sky. You know what's amazing? Think of that. Every person who gets born again is God continuing to answer the promise that he gave Abraham. He's saying your descendants. And you know all of us are spiritual descendants of Abraham by faith. We are literally the answered promise that he made to Abraham. God was making promises all throughout the scripture, and he's still fulfilling them today. Isn't that amazing? And Abraham is in heaven. He's with Jesus up there continuing to receive the promise. Isn't that amazing? That's so cool. All right, here we go. But God almost also promised. How many of you love those promises, right? We sing songs like, all your promises are yes and amen. Woo! We love to claim the promises about, about shelter or about security or about definitely about finances over our children. But Jesus reminded us, I'm going to send the promise of the Father to you. Go and wait till you receive this promise before you do anything else. Amen? How many of you want everything if it's from Jesus, right? You want anything if it's from him. I'm here to tell you this morning that there is another promise that he gave to give out to you, and he wants to clothe you with power from on high. And not just today, not just tomorrow, but you can walk in this every single day. You know, it really hit me this morning of why I get up here and I can have a rough week and I cannot understand what God's doing in my life a lot and I can get up here and God will use me. It's because every single Sunday morning I say, God, fill me afresh and anew. Fill me afresh and anew. God, I got nothing else to give. I need that Holy Spirit. I need a Pentecostal experience right now. I need boldness to come over me. I need the Spirit of God to come over me. I need something to overwhelm me. I don't, I don't want to just bring what I can bring to the table. I need you to use me this morning. 
And man, God gets a hold of me every week. He gets a hold of me, all these things, because he's, he's faithful to fulfill his promises. He's faithful to fulfill his promises. Let me show you this. Acts 44, verse 3. In the book of, or excuse me, Isaiah. Some of you are thinking, if y'all know your Bible, you're like, man, you know Acts 44. Isaiah 44, verse 3. Horsehead team, could you come? So let me show you this in the Old Testament. Acts 44, verse 3, it says, For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. Can somebody say, I receive that? My goodness. Me and my mom, we were praying this morning for everybody. I went over to my mom. I was praying for everybody in my family. I named all my kids by name. I named all my brother's kids by name. And I want to receive this promise right here. I'll pour out my spirit on all your offspring. God, you will pour out your spirit on all of my offspring. All of my offspring will not just have a salvation encounter. They will have a Pentecost promise encounter. Amen. Don't skip over Pentecost, church. And all my Pentecostal people, don't skip over your reading your Bibles. Amen. Come on, somebody. Ezekiel 36, verse 27. Verse 27, God says, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues and you will keep my judgments and do them. Isn't that amazing? This is a promise he was making hundreds of years before Jesus came. This is what God was doing. Verse, Joel chapter 2, verse 28, probably the most famous one we have. You guys can start to play some if you don't mind. Thank you. Joel 2, verse 28. Can you put my picture back up on the screen, please? Thank you, guys. All right. If I did make slides, they would probably look like this. My handwriting would probably be worse, though. Can we stand to our feet? Thank you, Jesus. The prophet Joel, in chapter 2, verse 28, he said, and afterwards, God was speaking. He said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. This is the promise that God made. This is something he was saying. I'm going to do something else. I'm not just going to send Jesus. I'm not just going to do the cross and the resurrection. But there's going to come something after that called Pentecost. And I'm going to pour out my spirit. And your sons and your daughters will prophesy. And your old man will dream dreams. And your young man will see visions. He's saying there's some power from on high. And don't skip it over. Because this power from on high is actually the key ingredient to seeing the gospel really explode in our community. We will never see revival if we skip over Pentecost. How do we know that? Peter got up and spoke boldly, and what did it say? 3,000 people were saved that day. 3,000. Why? Because Peter was amazing? No, because the Holy Spirit was amazing. I think a better, a better title for the book of Acts instead of Acts of the Apostles should be Acts of the Holy Spirit. We're reading about not only, listen to me this morning. It's not just so you can see what Peter did and what Paul did or what Jesus did. It's to see the beauty of the scripture that says, Christ in me, the hope of glory. It's no longer Mike who lives, but Christ who lives within me. 
God wants to clothe you. God wants to infill you. God, whatever you want to call it, baptize, fill, receive. The Holy Spirit wants to touch you. And not just in a service, not just at an altar, but it's usually where it happens. Anywhere. I drive down the road sometimes and the Holy Spirit just overwhelms me. And sometimes I feel like I almost need to pull over. And I just get overwhelmed by him. There's a reason why later in the book of Acts, after they got filled with the Holy Spirit, later in the book of Acts, chapter 2, it says that the people thought they were drunk. I don't know how many of you have been drunk before. You know who you are. No shame. Hey, listen, let's, let's take it another step. Even if you've been getting drunk this past week, there's forgiveness this morning. There's grace this morning. There's a loving father who will come and wash away your sins just like he did when he said, man, I'm sending my son Jesus as the lamb of God to wash over you. He's going to live a sinless life. He's going to raise from the dead. And then I'm going to send my spirit to empower you to actually walk this thing out. Man, on the last days, I will pour out my spirit, church. The culmination of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not tongues. The culmination of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is boldness and power to be a bold witness. We cannot treat tongues like a badge that we got, like we, we like in the army, you did this thing and now you got the badge and now you're like you're good. Now you're, it's not like that. It's not a badge to wear. It's a supernatural tool to use to fight in the battle that we're in. You know what's amazing about spiritual warfare? This message this morning is spiritual warfare. The gospel is spiritual warfare. Teaching the Bible is spiritual warfare. Strongholds are broken, how? By casting down every lofty speculation, anything that goes above what God actually says. Hopefully this morning you saw it clearly in God's word and you're saying, man, I don't wanna skip over Pentecost anymore. I don't want to skip over any, being clothed from on high any longer. I hope other people are watching this today. They're saying, man, maybe I was raised Baptist. I was raised Church of Christ. Whatever, man. Do you believe the Bible or not? From the Old Testament to the fulfillment in the New, he's still doing these things today. Can somebody say amen? Can our prayer team come? Can we just lift our hands to heaven in this room? Jesus. Lord, for those of you, for those of you in this room right now that maybe need to repent and just say, man, God, I'm sorry that I have believed lies about Pentecost. That I have treated the Holy Spirit like he's a weird person. I have not invited you, the third person of the Trinity. I have not invited you into my life. And just say, God, I, I repent. Forgive me. I want all that you have for me, not just this morning, but every day of my life. I want a fresh touch of your Holy Spirit. I want the fresh, fresh fire. I want it to fall on me. I want to experience everything that Jesus paid for. Jesus, 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 fill me up. Just even say that right now. If you, maybe you've never been filled. The Bible says if you ask him, you will receive. Hey, fill me up. Fill me with your spirit. Clothe me from on high. We love you, King Jesus. Holy Ghost, you're in this place. And we will not treat you. And we won't put you outside. We won't turn you off and turn you on. 
this is your place just as much, Lord. Thank you, Father. Wow. Some of you are going to start a journey today to start to learn more and run after the Holy Spirit, to hunger after a touch from Jesus. And for that, I'm so grateful. If you're here today and maybe you said, maybe I haven't invited the Holy Spirit, but I haven't invited Jesus into my life. I haven't repented of my sin. I need to get saved. I need to be born again. If you need salvation this morning, with every head bowed, if you need to be saved this morning, would you lift your hand right where you are? I need to give my life to Jesus this morning. Would you lift your hand? just want to give an opportunity if anyone needs to give their life to Christ before they leave. I want to surrender my life fully to Jesus this morning. If that's you, would you lift your hand? minutes guys sir you can come now if you need prayer for anything if you need healing in your body if you raise your hand and I didn't see you I just want you to come down front and come and pray with one of our leaders if you need to give your life to Christ I want you to get out of your seat make a bold move this morning and come down if you need prayer for healing in your body if you just need prayer you're going through a hard season and you need some people to partner with you I'm telling you when Jesus can seem far away his body can seem close if you're struggling right now feeling isolated would you come we'd love to partner with you and pray with you and just encourage you this morning would you close your eyes let me pray a blessing over you Father in the name of Jesus God I pray that and just prophesy that your word will not return void I thank you Lord for those that are humble this morning that are seeking after you, that have received from you this morning. God, I thank you for the testimonies that will come out of this service, God, that the testimonies that are already coming out of these services, Father. Lord, it's not about hype. It's not about the show. It's not about hoopla, God. It's about your presence, Father. We love you, Lord. We invite you to come and not just make us do weird things, but God, that you would come and you would use us for your glory, that you would burn things off of us that don't need to be there any longer that your fire would come and fill this place fresh and anew. I'm just going to make an invitation. If you feel the Holy Spirit just on your body, if you can feel that God is touching you, I want you to come and have one of us pray with you right now. Just come out of your seat. Don't be shy. We're just going to wait a moment. If you feel like God is touching you right now, would you come? Thank you, Jesus. I know there's at least four people in this room. Come on, we wait on the Lord in this place. If you feel the Lord is touching you this morning, would you come? You feel overwhelmed by His presence. If you're feeling something, I want you to come. We want to pray with you before you leave. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. There's power. I'm not saying you have to. He can touch you there, but I feel like there's an opportunity right now. There's an invitation to come down and receive from the Lord. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. All right and all right. Can we just put our hands together this morning for all that Jesus is doing in this room? Thank you, Lord. How many of you can say, man, I'll, re I'll receive this message this morning. Could you raise your hand? Awesome. Hey, we love you guys. We bless you. I pray the Father would just give you peace today. 
comfort you and guide you the rest of this week. Bless you and your family, your businesses, your homes, your cars, your gas tanks. In the name of Jesus, amen. Bless you guys. Have a good week. If you need prayer, our guys will be down here for a few more minutes. You're welcome to come.